Networking and marketing made simple is for you, the business owner who has a product, a service, or a message that you believe in. My name is Scott Aaron, and each week we'll take a behind the scenes look into the real world marketing and networking tactics and strategies for getting what you have in front of you to a lot more people. Thanks for spending time with me. And now let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Networking and Marketing Made Simple. Super excited for today's episode uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, I got another great interview lined up for all of you today. But number two, I get to talk to a friend of mine that is also in love with LinkedIn the way that I am. And the power of human connection is something that you guys all know I truly believe in that becomes the difference maker in really creating something amazing, not only for yourself, but those that you do work with. So we're going to talk about all that and more. So Janice Porter, welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much, Scott. And I'm flattered that you called me a friend and I love that. So thank you so much. Well, we were fast friends because of that love for LinkedIn, I think. Yes. I, I could not agree more. <laughs> so so Janice, before we, we go into all the stuff that you're currently working on, I always like rewinding the tape first before we go forward. So obviously you, you've you had uh, a multitude of things that you've done in your career. Um, so before you really started diving into LinkedIn and the consulting and coaching that you do now, what do you feel was the catalytic moment for you that kind of turned you on to LinkedIn, uh, how powerful of a tool it is and was that led you to then helping other people the way that you are today? Well, I think that I have to say that that my background is teaching and corporate training. So I, I'm always once a teacher, always a teacher. And and first I taught small children, then I taught big children. <laughs> I taught uh, I did adult learning with corporate training. But um, once that ended, because as so many of us lost our our jobs in uh, in. Uh, the early 2000s, although I was a contractor for a very long time on purpose, because I could um, construct my timeframes around my, my growing daughters as well. But I started to have to figure it all out for myself to do something else. And I didn't want a job job. So that's when I started looking into um, going into business for myself. And I, like you, got involved in network marketing. And I, it, it taught me a lot. And I found lots of things I didn't want to be involved with, but I then found um, a company that I'm still with today that feeds me in a way that feeds the other work I do. Around the time I got involved with that company, I was introduced to LinkedIn and I had been fighting tooth and nail social media. I just felt it was too personal, didn't want to get, you know, Facebook was the big thing then and I didn't want to have my personal life all over the internet. Maybe I was just a little over the edge age-wise for that. I don't know, because it seemed to be easier for younger people to do it at the time. But then somebody mentioned to me LinkedIn and I said, yeah, what is that? I have no idea what that is. And this friend of mine said, you need to talk to this guy. He was a young guy in, in Vancouver where I live and um, he'll show you. And the way he showed me LinkedIn, the way he taught it to me, and I sat with him for 
two hours the first time and another couple of hours the second time. And he didn't charge me a penny. He was a super, super nice guy. What hit me was this is very left brain. This is very logical. This is, I can get this. It's business-like. It's straightforward. I don't have to put my life on the line out there, you know? And I started sharing it with my friends. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I can teach again because that's what I love to do. And so that's how my world of teaching or training LinkedIn began. That was about 2011. Awesome. So what do you feel from your, your time in the business world as an educator uh, and teacher, what do you feel was the greatest lesson that you learned working for someone else that enabled you to work for yourself, for yourself, helping other people? I was never a great employee ever. I always had too many um, uh, thoughts that, you know, went against the grain and, and a big mouth that I would ask the questions that maybe some people weren't supposed to ask. Um, so that was always a frustration for me. But going out into the business world, I knew nothing about business, really. I had, you know, I was a, I was sent to train corporate customers for 15, 16 years. They did the schedule at the, at the office. We just went and did the training. I didn't have to find my own customers. So the biggest aha for me was, oh, my God, what's marketing? I have to figure out how to find customers myself. So that was at the time when I began, began to network like crazy in person, right? And that was, I could do that really well because I mean, I was an extrovert. I love talking to people. I love finding out about them. So for me, it was about building a, a, a network of people. I think, I forget the question that you asked now. I got off on a tangent. Well, it was just, you know, the, yeah. the biggest lesson that you learned working for someone else that enabled you to work for yourself. Yeah, so, you know, I think it's about, I think this came from my father. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And it really was important to build an established network of people I could trust and people that could help me move along the way. And in doing that, finding referral partners, right? People that you let them know what you did and they would refer you because they knew they can trusted you. And so that was the biggest lesson for me. I, I it's about being honest. It's about getting out there and talking to people. And it's about being a good listener. So I, I love what you said there because we have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? We need I read to, that in your book. Yeah. yeah we need to <laughs> listen more and talk less. Now, what do you feel? And, and there's a lot of things that you can probably say to this. What do you think is the number one misconception about LinkedIn that people think it may be? Well, I think for a long time, it was that it was just for getting a job and for job seekers and for recruiters. And now I think people are beginning to come over in droves because of uh, their dissatisfaction with Facebook and the algorithm. They're not working and uh, to their favor. And they're also starting to see that it isn't just for job seekers. And so um, that was one thing. And the other was that it was very stuffy. You know, it was very corporate, so to speak, which again, I don't think it is anymore. No, I, I agree. I think when people, people didn't really recognize that when Microsoft bought them out, that they really switched things over from more of a monster.com type of situation to a networking and connecting 
uh, type of platform. And it, it's still, it's so underutilized. Now I will oh. say there's, there's certain aspects of LinkedIn that are becoming saturated. And I, I actually had this conversation with Nancy the other day that people are seeing less and less responses to messages that are being sent, mm -hmm. not to anyone's fault. So you may be following someone's strategy, whether it's Janice's strategy or my strategy, and you're doing it the right way. You're, you're organically reaching out to people. You're being genuine and authentic, but, and you're seeing a very, very low response rate. And that's not to your fault. It, it's actually the blame is put on the shoulders of those that are just spamming people all day long. The marketing companies that are telling people that, oh, we have an automation set up for you that you can do, which goes against the user agreement on LinkedIn. Right. So there are certain aspects of LinkedIn that, yes, have become a little bit oversaturated and people are seeing less, less results. But what is still not saturated is the power of creating amazing connections with people that you are connected to on LinkedIn. But I really feel that from a societal standpoint, we still live in this instant gratification type of world where mm -hmm. People just want a huge network right away on LinkedIn. They want a ton of people engaging in their content. What's your message to that person that may be starting to spend some time on LinkedIn, but they're not necessarily getting the traction that they thought they would get because of what people have told them? What's your message to that person that is thinking about saying, you know what, I'm done with LinkedIn. I'm just going to go back to Facebook and Instagram. I think I would ask them, you know, first of all, how many people have you actually um, talked to this week that you met on LinkedIn? What are you doing to actually um, reach out and build new relationships? Because that instant gratification, it doesn't work. You have to be the, you have to engage. You have to be the person because it's the other people that aren't. They're doing exactly what you're doing. They're pushing back. So you have to engage. It's like, I actually tell people that when you reach out to connect with somebody and you send, and I know this is one area I think we don't agree on, but um, I always encourage people to add a personalized note to a connection request. Um, but either way, whether they add a note or they don't add a note, when the person accepts the connection request, mm, probably what, 85% of them, maybe even 90% of them just accept it. They don't do anything else. So it's up to you to reach out, you you know, to, to go look at those connections, those new connections and start an, a, a message to them, show them you're interested, do something to, to, and to, I guess, enlighten them to say, you know, you're different than somebody that they see that you're different than everybody else because you are showing an interest in them and you actually read their profile because you made a comment on something in it to ask them a question. So it's not that I I disagree with adding a note to a connection request. I just feel that there's better instances where it's better utilized. So I usually suggest for people like if you're going to add a note, you know, state a connection point between you and that person. Maybe you read their book or you listened to their podcast or maybe you saw a LinkedIn live that they did. Maybe you were referred to connect with them. Maybe you met them at a networking event. 
because what's happening now is like people are getting deterred from accepting those connections with the notes because you'll see you know, the, the blanketed, I'd like to add you to my professional network or, Hey, Scott, I thought it'd be great to connect or knock, knock. Who's there? Just kidding. Let's connect. So. Yeah, no. Okay. I get it. No. And I wasn't putting, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I know that there's reasons for what you do as well. And also, you know, I think one of the things, if you're looking to find new connections in groups, um, you don't have a choice but to message them first, for example. So there's different things that that um, afford different ways of reaching out. But I think the bottom line is still that that you have to be the the uh, aggressor, so to speak. Yeah, you can, you know the, the the skies aren't going to open up and drop people into your lap. You know, my my wife always talks about that um, building a business is a contact sport. Like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you have to connect with people. So. For you, what's been been the biggest game changer for you in leveraging LinkedIn? Because there's some people that will say, you know, things that they changed on their profile, the content they produce, the messages. What, what's been the biggest needle mover for you and what's helped you the most? Well, I believe in the money's in the mailbox. And so for me, it's been the connections that I have made and, and nurtured through uh, conversations that start in the mailbox. They quickly move to a phone call or a Zoom call and quite often turn into business. And so that's been the game changer for me because I've gotten business from that method of using LinkedIn. Um, I think what works for me is paying attention to the other person's profile, to looking for that, that connection point, whether it's that you know, we cheer for the same basketball team, or we um, both live on the West Coast, or, you know, whatever it is that I find in the depths of their profile that I can uh, ask them about has been a great conversation starter for me. Now, what is a, a feature of LinkedIn that you didn't initially utilize, but then kind of came around to it. And you're like, wow, this is an incredible feature. This is an incredible tool and everybody should be using this. Oh, now I've gone completely blank. Um, I would probably say, you know, I probably being able to, um, how can I say it, to work in that um, uh, second level. So to be able to um, see the connections, somebody's connections. Your, your connections, connections. Yeah, yeah. And, and being able to get to people through your connections. It's all about, for me, people, it's all about looking at, you know, getting to new people through people. And also I think a piece that, that um, not a game changer so much, but something that people aren't always aware of. You know, I do a lot of profile updates and um, working with people to update, to uh, optimize their profiles. And one of the biggest things that drives me crazy, I don't know if you do, if it does for you because not everybody goes down so far, but I, they may have a pretty good profile but then you get down near the bottom and you see that they have recommendations 
from 2011 or 2008. And it just kills everything because it's old information. It doesn't even relate to the job they're actually at right now or the business that they're in. And so for me, that's a piece that I think is, the, is now, I believe, the only social proof on LinkedIn anymore. I don't believe skills and endorsements are quite the same as they used to be because they got misused for a while there. So, so to me, having up-to-date recommendations, and you have oodles of them on your um, LinkedIn profile, and I, I can't say I have as many as you, but I have a lot more than most people, and that's because you have to keep asking for them and you have to keep current. So I think that's a big one. I, I love that. And, you know, it's, you know, you have to ASK to GET, you have to ask in order to get, and that's the thing. The only people I ask are the people that I've worked with. Yes. So, you know, when people see to your point, like over 500 written recommendations on my LinkedIn profile, I, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years, so it's not like I'm new to the game. I've worked with uh, and helped thousands of people and, you know, and even the people that you worked with, they might not even write you one. I, I can't tell you how many outstanding requests I have for recommendations that my clients haven't written because either they haven't gotten around to it or they ignored it or they're not as active as they once were on the platform. And that's the thing. You can't really control what other people do. Now, to your point that the second connections that you have, um, it's a great place to farm to turn into first connections. And for me, I would say something that I wasn't utilizing for the longest time, um, but I'm doing that more now is all the things that creator mode allows you to do, not only with your profile, but all the creator tools. So the clickable link in your profile, uh, the LinkedIn bell, LinkedIn live, LinkedIn newsletters, all those things. I think people really just undervalue all of the tools and resources and capabilities that LinkedIn actually provides for people. And it's just an incredible place. I think people are still addicted to the social aspect of Facebook and Instagram. And that's fine because I don't want the Facebookers and the Instagrammers spending time on LinkedIn. And you actually see a lot of people now trying to adopt the same personal branding strategies that they do on Facebook and Instagram and bring it over to LinkedIn. And I, I unfollow all of those people because I don't want to see the 18 paragraph long drunkalog posts about your vulnerable moment and this, that, or the other. You have to understand like there's a, there's a place for that. And, and that is most likely Facebook and Instagram. You know, LinkedIn is an educational platform. It's for people to learn about business knowledge, industry updates, tips, things that they can do to move their business forward. And I'm not saying that there's not a place for vulnerability, but, you know, give some deeper context. I think, I think people are really tired of the, um, the completely perfect pictures, all of the, the posing. And it seems like every person is getting new headshots every single day and they're doing photo shoots. Like people, people care more about the content than the actual look of the picture. They do. And if I could just comment on, on your, um, your, your thoughts around the creator mode and, and the things that it brings, I, I agree with you. You're right. And I actually resisted creator mode at the beginning. And, um, I, I get, I saw why eventually I should be on creator mode. And so I switched over, but what I do tell my clients is 
because I find so many people, there's two things that drive me crazy. One is they're in creator mode. They have 233 connections and they don't even know why they're in creator mode. So I say, wait, figure, you know, because, because of the feature of the follow versus the connect button in particular for people who need to build their, their numbers. And so that's the one thing that, that kind of, I like to educate people about. And the second thing is, um, I forgot what the second one was. Um, um, gone, gone from my head. It'll come back. That's but, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that was the the thing around creator mode that um, people need to be educated about before um, they decide to use it. Yeah. The other piece was important. If it comes back, I'll let you know. Now, you you see a lot of. LinkedIn coaches, LinkedIn trainers on the platform, and some are doing some good stuff. Uh, others, I would say not so much. If someone was to ask you what really defines or how can you tell if someone is a legitimate coach or consultant that could help you with LinkedIn, what are some things that people should look for to really vet out the amateurs from the experts? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I think that um, I don't know. I can only really speak for myself, I think, in that. Well, let, me, let me start it off. So for me, it's always about social proof and credibility. So going back to your point of the recommendations, Something that I always stress to people is you want the words of others to speak so loudly that you don't have to speak loudly at all. That's beautiful. That's true. Yeah. Okay. And um, I would also say just to, to back that up, if you're going to teach LinkedIn, you should be practicing what you preach. Mm -hmm. So I see so many LinkedIn trainers that call themselves LinkedIn experts, this, that, or the other, yet they're not doing lives. Mm -hmm. They don't have a newsletter. They're barely posting mm -hmm. all they do. And, and when they do post, all they're doing is talking about their workshop and their product and their course and their membership and, you know, their coaching and, you know, buy it and hire me. Um, someone that's an expert doesn't need to sell. They're there to educate, to build those relationships. Okay. I agree with everything you just said. Um, I do think that there are people who can teach and there are people who can't. And I think that's a big piece too. People call themselves coaches today, you know, with the drop of a hat. I don't call myself a coach. I'm a trainer and I'm a trainer because I'm, I've got that background in teaching. I have a degree in teaching. I know how to teach people. And so for me, it's about, I'm not looking to scale my business to the nth degree at this point in my life. And I, I, I'm not ashamed to say that. So I like to work one-on-one -on -one with people and I like to make sure that I can take them from where they are to where they need to be. And whether that's starting with redoing their profile or whether their profile just needs tweaking and then let's show you how to use LinkedIn to help you with your business. And so that's where I sit and, and I'm quite happy doing that. And um, nothing makes me happier than working with a client that, that we can be creative together when we're building their profile. And I just, I had that experience just this, um, the end of last week. And it was, it was amazing. I wasn't sure. This was somebody that heard me speak actually on that um, event that you and I did together. 
And he reached out, we booked a time to talk, we did um, some training together. And it was a, an amazing experience because it, I, I didn't know it would be, but it was because he was so easy to work with. And that's my ideal, right? And he, he, and he wrote me a recommendation and I hadn't even asked him. So there you go. That's it was, awesome. So that's kind of fun. But um, yeah, you have to watch, you have to do your homework. You have to see whether somebody is practicing what they're preaching for sure. Yeah. So before we wind down, uh, and before I get to my final question, if anybody is intrigued or interested in, in what Janice has to offer or how they can connect with you to learn more, what's the best way for people to connect with you to find out all the services and the things that you have going on? The best way is to reach out at JanicePorter.com. So Janice at JanicePorter.com. All the information about me and my services is on my website. And also reach out on LinkedIn, of course, and say that you heard me on Scott's uh, podcast and you want to talk. It'd be great. You know, there's a side to my business that is my, that is not LinkedIn training. It's about nurturing relationships through my other um, business that I, that I um, am affiliated with. And so I love to show people how they can stay connected with people in another way as well. So just so you know. Wonderful. Um, so all the information about Janice and everything that she has to offer will be in the show notes of this episode. So you're not going to have to travel too far. So Janice, final question before we end today's amazing conversation, uh, what does success truly mean to you? That I'm helping people improve their business and their, uh, communications with people through using LinkedIn, because I believe that LinkedIn is, as you said earlier, so underutilized. And it's because people don't take the time to see the power that it can have in their business. So for me, it's about working with people that I can uh, give them some more tools to grow their business. Love that. No, I completely agree. And the sign of a great leader is when someone believes in the power of how they can help someone else instead of helping themselves. And again, it's it's just a law of reciprocation. The more that you do for others, the more that's going to come back on to you. So Janice, I just want to say thank you again so much for being here today and sharing all of your wisdoms and uh, all of your helpful, helpful tips with my audience today. And I'm just truly grateful for your friendship and your connection and for the time that you gave my audience today. Thanks, Scott. It was a pleasure to be here. I, um, I felt honored to be asked and uh, I'm sure that uh, your audience will again later in the, after this airs, they're going to hear you on my podcast as well. So good to know. Well, very much looking forward to that and having them all hear that. So again, everyone, thank you so much for joining today's episode. As always, uh, wherever you're listening to this to and from, uh, please do not forget uh, to head over to iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening, leave a rating and review. Uh, let us know what you'd like to hear more of. And also don't forget, if you missed any of the emails, I am doing a four-day free workshop from June 26th to June 29th. It is called Connections into Clients on LinkedIn. It's a four-day workshop. I'll be teaching you all about how to do that. And the link to register for that will always be in the description of this episode, as well as all the information of how to connect with Janice. So everyone, please enjoy the rest of your days, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much again for checking out today's episode. And if you are listening through iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are, 
please leave me a rating and review. Let me know what you loved, what you would like to see improved, or ideas you have for future episodes. And if you are interested in taking your business to the next level, don't hesitate to go to my website, www.scotterron.net, where you can schedule a free discovery call with me, where I can learn more about you, your business, what you're struggling with, and how we can work together. And don't forget to check out my wife, Nancy, and mine, our free community on Facebook called LinkedIn Leads for Life. We would love to see you in there. Have a great rest of your day. And thank you, everyone, for your support. Grateful for each and every one of you.